Ephesians 5 and 18 says, And be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. So we're going to talk about the power of the Holy Ghost today. Let's pray for the lesson. Lord, we thank you again for your word and ask you now to, Lord, just for a little bit, just give me words to say to bless us and help us, Lord. Let our ears be ready to hear what the Spirit would say to us. God, we're going to praise you for it today. In Jesus' name, and everyone said amen. Now give him one more hand clap for his word this morning. Thankful for the word of God and the comfort and the light that it brings to us. You can be seated and thank you for being here today. God bless you. Glad to be in the house of the Lord. The power of the Holy Ghost that uh, once we you know, receive the Holy Ghost, it's not something that we box up and put it away or put it in a display cabinet so people can look at it and nothing will happen to it. But once we get it, we live in it. We live in the Spirit. The Scripture tells us that if we live in the Spirit, that we should walk in the Spirit. So if we now have a Spirit-filled life, we ought to be making some progress. If you're walking, you're moving. You're moving forward. You're headed toward a destination. And and the scripture, even Jesus said that when the Holy Ghost comes, it will lead you. So it's not just going to leave you standing still. Once you receive the Spirit, you don't stay stuck in the same place, in the same grind. It will move you to a new destination. It'll get you walking in His Word, walking, the Bible says, the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. It'll, it'll get you walking in the Word and walking by the Spirit of God. So if we live in the Spirit, in other words, the Spirit has made us alive and given us new life. Paul said in Romans 6 that once we are buried with Christ in baptism, that we are raised up to walk in the newness of life. That means we would be, uh, now that we have been cleansed from our past, from the sins of our past by the blood of Jesus, now we can live a new life with a clear conscience toward God. That's so wonderful. I tell people many times as they come out of the water, because uh, I can see on their face, they're like, what just happened? And I'm like, you, you feel it, don't you? And yeah, and I said, that's because everything up to this point is buried. It's, it's gone. It's, it's washed away by the blood of Jesus. And you are a clean slate with a clear conscience to God, and you can start living this new life. You can live in the power of the Holy Ghost. And uh, even as far back, you know, in the Old Testament, we would see that uh, as the Spirit of God would come on people, they would do great things. They would be, uh, Samson would be a great example. When the Spirit of God would move on him, he was just doing really miraculous things. And, uh, but they, they were not filled as we are with the Spirit. They, they, the Spirit of God would move on them sometimes to speak and to prophesy and to do uh, great things, but they were not filled as we are today uh, after Jesus was uh, crucified, buried, and resurrected, and glorified. So, um, but even uh, they realized there was power with the Spirit of God. The prophet Micah said, but truly I am full of power by the Spirit of the Lord. He knew that uh, any prophesying, he was doing any acts he would be doing, it was because the power that the Spirit of the Lord would give him. And Jesus even made the statement in Acts 1 and 8 that you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. 
There are reasons why men like Paul would write such things as I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me because it is the Spirit of Christ that's dwelling in us. And uh, it is power. It is ability. It's uh, the word uh, power there is the dunamis of God. It's uh, the innate ability. It's, uh, it doesn't make us God, but it allows us to do things because Jesus said, I'm going away so the comforter can come. And because I'm doing that, the things I've done you shall do and greater things shall you do. He said, he didn't uh, leave here uh, and leave a weak and wounded church that uh, would struggle to get by. He, he didn't, he's, he wasn't going to... Uh, make a statement like, upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it uh, if his people were not well able to do and complete the mission that he left for the church to do. So he said, and you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you'll be witnesses unto me. Now, that doesn't mean you'll just preach or go to the mission field or things like that, but but your very life, the things that you do would now be a witness of the power of the Spirit living inside of you. The fact that you would be able to change your life and, and be different than you were before and walk in a different way, show love and compassion to people, that is a witness to people everywhere. Uh, the greatest witness that we are His disciples is, He said, when people see you having love toward one another. And then love is so uh, great that it is the, it's like the engine of faith because the Bible says faith worketh by love. So uh, the spirit is uh, power packed. And once it dwells inside of us, we, can, you know, we make these statements, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And so uh, well, what's that mean? Well, it means that Christ living in us, the hope of glory. And now we have that power of the Spirit living in us. And as Paul said, I am crucified with Christ, but nevertheless I live, but it's not me. He said, but he said the life that I now live in the flesh, I live it by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I, I, I can't live for God just on my own. You just can't do it. Uh, friend, let, let me tell you, it's... It's going to be a fight even with the Holy Ghost living in you. Yeah. What, Paul, full of the Holy Ghost, he said, I fought a good fight. It, it takes power uh, of the Spirit to live uh, for God. You, we can be, people can be good and moral people in this world without the Spirit of God. There's a lot of people that would... Man, they would feed you if you was hungry. They would help you out if you was hurt. And they don't, even, they don't no more care about God than nothing, but they just, they're just decent people. You know, we are all created in God's image, and God's good. And sometimes people don't, just because they don't love God doesn't mean that they just love the devil. <laughs> they just, they, they, they ain't on either side of the page. they just like, I'm just here. You know, some people love humanity. They're human humanistic. They just love humans. They think that there is nothing else. It's just people, so be good to everybody. And so, uh, but to live for God and to accomplish the things of God, we've got to have the Spirit of God. Uh, so we, we need that, and that's what God did on that day of, Holy Go of, of Pentecost. He poured out His Spirit, and there's no greater unifying factor 
uh, if there's any message that comes from the day of Pentecost, it is unity. Because uh, it didn't matter who you were, where you were from, the Spirit would be poured out on all flesh. So you could have the richest man of that city and the poorest beggar of that city at the, side by side and receive the same gift from God who is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And the Bible says he is no respecter of person. He's like, uh, you are all my creation. And so I'm going to pour my spirit out on all flesh so nobody can, can glorify or glory in their own flesh or their own accomplishments uh, because that's not why God poured it out. He said, I'm just pouring out my spirit at this point on all flesh. And those that would uh, like to receive it, they are welcome to have it. He's not funneling it in. He's not prying us open and sticking a funnel in there. So let me just pour the spirit in here for you. That's not what he's doing. It's a gift, and we receive gifts. You know, there's nothing, you know, somebody came to your house with a, a now when we were kids, we would do this maybe. So especially if your grandparents, they come in, they got a gift bag or a gift, you're going to come and just run and take it before they even get a chance to offer it. Cause you, and we're like, hey, that's rude. Don't do that. Wait for them to offer this to you. Wait till they give it to you. You don't just run up and snatch a gift out of somebody's hand. That's rude. Because then they're like, I don't know if I want to give that to you after all. Give that back. You know, and, and we can't go get and snatch the, the Spirit of God from God. Get, give me that. No, Lord, I want that. I need that. And I will take what you are offering. And so on this day of Pentecost, we're talking about the power of the Holy Ghost. We've already talked about repentance, turning from our old ways, being buried in baptism in his name where the blood is applied and we are washed. Um, if anybody was watching while we were baptizing those, that couple last week, uh, when uh, uh, Rosa, Rosia, Rosa, Rosa, when she came out of the water, but it was on her. She, she was like, I thought she was going to fall back and get baptized a second time. I said, well, we should do this again. But she, and, and she felt that. And then even Eric, he said, I was baptized a long time ago. He said, but I never felt anything like that. He said, that was, that's because when we are baptized by faith, when it is our faith that we believe the gospel of Jesus Christ, that he is the son of God, that died for our sins and rose from the dead. When we believe in him and we go to the water in his name, have his name applied, friend, something happens. You're not just getting wet. This is not just so everybody can see you do uh, some kind of act. This is for the salvation of your soul. This is to wash away the sins of the past. It is for the remission of sins, as Jesus said and as Peter said. And so uh, it takes away the sins of the past. And that's why when you come out of the water, you're like, I feel different. I know this is still me. I'm not having an out-of-body experience. I know this is still me, but I feel different than I did before I stepped in this water and went under. Something's different. Well, exactly the weight of sin is removed from your life. And so once we do that, uh, the, the Holy Ghost is for us. And uh, a lot of people don't. Man, that's my brother. That's my friend. I can just, I just might turn the microphone over to him. Let this man preach. That's a preaching man. Oh, I love you, brother. I'm so glad to see you today. Uh, 
uh, it, hey, I wouldn't be standing here today if it wasn't for that fellow. Uh, he prayed with me whew, hours and hours and hours in the altar. I love him, and I'm so glad to see you guys and your wife. <laughs> I love them both. Praise God. So on that day, it was, you know, it shouldn't have been strange, but it was. Uh, because what was happening was not something that was, had been created by that 120 that were in that upper room. It was, this wasn't a meeting that they got together and said, let's come up with something to change people's lives. But they were simply obeying the commandment of Jesus when he told them to go. He said, I need you to go and to tarry. Look at um, uh, in Acts 1, 4, and 5. This is what the Lord said to them. Jesus was talking to him. He said, uh, he commanded that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, you have heard of me. So he had already been talking to them about this. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. Well, it was about, he had been seen of them for about 40 days after his resurrection. So they were there probably in the, the area of 10 days because Pentecost is 50 days later. And so um, they were in this upper room for about 10 days, praying, tarrying, waiting. And, you know, uh, it speaks to, to what do you want? Do you want it? Do you believe what Jesus said? Because he was seen of above 500 people, but there were only about 120 in the upper room. Where did that 380 go? Where were they? Was it not really what they were looking for? Did they not really think something was happening? But anyway, this 120 was not there to create a plan. They were part of the plan. They were there to obey the plan. They were there to receive what God had. But when it was poured out, people were, they heard this commotion. The scripture says when they were all together, uh, the day of Pentecost was fully come and, and they, a sound as a mighty rushing wind. It comes into the room, fills the room. They're all filled with the Holy Ghost, cloven tongues. As a fire sits upon them, they're speaking in other tongues and glorifying God. This pours out onto the street, and now people from all over, devout men from every nation are there, are hearing these Galileans, which were not known for their education. They were fishermen. They were, they were people who didn't sit at the feet of great teachers. And, uh, you know, until Jesus came by, these guys just, you know, they heard things in the synagogue, things like that, I'm sure, but they weren't known for their philosophies and their theologies and, and great teachers of the scripture. And now they say, how is it that we hear all these Galileans speaking in our own language? And like the world will do, they begin to come up with reasons to dismiss that it's anything great. Well, these people, they are, you know, they're drunk. They're drunk on new wine, and that's, that's got to be it. I, I, I've never, I used to drink a lot. But I don't think I ever drank so much that I started speaking another language. I might have got where I couldn't speak at all, or you couldn't understand what I was saying, but it, it wasn't a new language. It was just uh, slurring and slobbering and everything else. But it wasn't, it was, so I, I've never, and I drank, a, I tried a lot of things of drinking, but I don't think I ever tried anything that would make you talk in a, another language. So it might make you say things you wish you hadn't said. But uh, it didn't make you uh, talk in another language. So, but still, they were trying to reason it away. But Peter, full of the Holy Ghost, he, he stood up and said, um, Look, 
these men are not drunk as, as you suppose. It's, it's just the third hour of the day. It's 9 o'clock in the morning. We've been here 10 days. He said, and this is where it started. And, but this is that that was spoken of by the prophet Joel. They should have known what was happening. Uh, of course, uh, they didn't listen to Jesus while he was here. So why do we think that they listened in the synagogue every day, every Sabbath? Why would we think that they were paying attention then? But, you know, Jesus, even when he questioned Nicodemus and he was talking to him about the new birth, he said, when he got down after Nicodemus is like, I don't understand what you're saying, Jesus. He's like, are you a master of Israel and you don't know these things? Because I'm not coming up with something new. I'm just talking about what's already written. These are the things that are coming. That, uh, you know, when Jesus was talking about being born of water and, and be, being born of the Spirit, I mean, they could go back to Ezekiel and see what Ezekiel was talking about where God would take out the, the rock-hard heart and put in a, a heart of flesh and sprinkle them with clean water and they'd be cleansed and put his Spirit within them. But instead of thinking back, oh, this is what I learned or this is what I knew from the prophets, they mocked it and they tried to reason it away. But Jesus would tell them, you know, in other places, he said, everything that's written that I'm doing is written of me. He said, you, you search the scriptures and you'll find out because Moses wrote about me. I'm, we're not doing anything that's out of, the, out of the pages of the scriptures. This is happening. They should have known. They should have realized. They should have recognized. But he came into his own and they knew him not. He, he, he was, they were, you know, he walked among them. He was there, but they could not recognize who he was. And so when this spirit began to be poured out, they could not understand it. But Peter uh, was not through. He began to preach. And just as Joel, Ezekiel, and others had prophesied, even the Lord had told them that the promise of the Father was coming, Peter uh, begins to preach. Now, there's, it's important about uh, Peter being the guy preaching that first day. In Matthew uh, 16 and 19, uh, the Lord had asked him, who do you say that I am? Who do men say that I am? And they, well, you're a prophet, you know, you're this, you're that, uh, a great teacher. Well, who do you say that I am? Peter said, well, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. That's, we believe that. And so the Lord said, well, that's a great revelation given to you, not by man, but by the Father. But he begins to talk to Peter and he says, I will give unto you, talking to Peter, the keys. Now you use keys to either lock or unlock, to open things. Uh, if you have a key to a safety deposit box, you can open it up and get something valuable out of it. If you leave it open, anybody could take it. Well, Peter's about to open something for everybody. He said, I'll give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatsoever you will bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatsoever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. And so Peter is now uh, about to loose something uh, as he preaches this message. And it's important that he's got the keys to the kingdom because Jesus said in John 3 and 5 that we must be born uh, of water and the spirit to enter into the kingdom of God. So uh, they had been all around it. The kingdom, they had preached over and over while Jesus was here. The kingdom is at hand. It's right here. It's on the threshold. It's right here. But now on this day, Peter takes the key that was given to him by Jesus. And uh, that key was the preaching of the words. And he starts in the prophets. And he begins 
with Joel uh, talking about, uh, let's, let's put Joel uh, 2, 28 and 29 up there. It says, and it will come to pass afterward that I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams and your young men shall see visions. And also upon the servants and upon the handmaids in those days will I pour out my spirit. This was what was going on. And Peter told them, this is not a bunch of people that got together to create something new, some kind of new cult, new religion, new thing. Uh, and when you are filled with the Spirit and people say, well, uh, oh, you're acting different, you're acting crazy, you've done join, joined a cult or something. No, it's not a cult, it's not man-made. This is what happened on that day of Pentecost then. That's what happens with us as we believe for the power of the Spirit today. We, God, the Spirit's already poured out. It, it ain't like God's got a schedule like, all right, it's Sunday at 10, let's start pouring. No, it's been poured out. Now, it's, it's here. It's just it's ready for us to receive it. That's why we're seeing all around the world today people that are, are everywhere, the people that we don't want to be like those, those Jews and be like, well, they're not like us. And I don't know how I hear them speaking in another language. If they believe in the Lord, and if they love him and believe in him, that's why you see these college students and, and people all over the place, they're receiving the Spirit of God. And it's not always in a sanctuary. Sometimes it's on the street, on the street corner. It's uh, under tents. It's, it's uh, in chapels in different places. Uh, wherever they're gathering together in his name, he's there in the midst. And he's still filling people that want the Spirit with the Spirit. They need the power of the Holy Ghost in their life. Uh, man, it's, oh, to believe in him and know and believe what he did is so humbling. The desire to live for him is, uh, man, it'll, it'll just, just pull you. But you can't do it without the Holy Ghost. There's not a more frustrated person that I know than someone trying to live for God without the Spirit or without the leading of the Spirit or hearing the Spirit. The good thing is you have access to the Spirit through praying. I've told people this before. I said, now, because my brother could tell you, I, it took a little while for me to get the Holy Ghost. But I had repented, and I had been baptized, and I knew what God had done in my life. And I tell people all the time, because we've got people praying for the Holy Ghost in our congregation, and you don't discount what you've done. Because that's part of the plan. Repentance and baptism is part of it. And, and just because you haven't spoken in tongues yet doesn't mean your sins weren't washed away. And, and so I knew that because I, you know, I knew that, man, I wanted it. I was frustrated that I didn't get it coming out of the water. I figured I would just get it coming out of the water. Maybe that's why I didn't get it right away because I just thought, well, I look, at, I, you know, God's going to give me the Holy Ghost. I mean, maybe that's what I thought. I don't know. But for whatever reason, it took some time. But man, I told some people the other day, I said I would bump up to people, anybody that was talking in tongues, I'd say, pray for me. <laughs> and, if, and if they was busy praying for somebody else, I would just kind of touch them. If I, it might jump on me. It just, come on, what's happening? You know, Because I, I knew people back then, you could say, hey, praise the Lord, brother, and they'd be like, Phew, they'd be gone. They'd be speaking in tongues. I'm like, how? I'm praying and sweating and frustrated but it, you know it's just it was the time but anyway I wanted it and I knew and believed with all my heart it was for me 
And so I, I knew, I said, I, it's just, I'm, I've just built up all these years of stubbornness, and I'm going to have to let the Lord work on me and get these out of the way. And then I'm going to have this promise that the Lord was talking about. Peter is preaching from Joel, from the prophets, from David, and even begins to then, uh, but he, he, he gets off of that message so much of just telling them this is what's happening, and then he turns to preaching about Jesus. He starts talking about his uh, ministry and, and him, uh, who he was, and, and that how that he came and, and, and by wicked hands you crucified him and, and you've done these things, and, and, but he raised from the dead. And, uh, man, he, he's, he's preached to them. He's tearing their heart out because now he's preaching the gospel. He's preaching the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ and, it, and, and it's doing something to them. And uh, so uh, Peter knows that uh, I can't just talk about what's going on here without telling them why this is going on here. And he's telling them about uh, the, the power of the Holy Ghost uh, that comes through Jesus Christ. And, and these people now are, are hearing this, and he tells them something so great in, in Acts uh, 2 and 39. This promise is unto you. And it's to your children and all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And he wasn't just talking about people who were physically distant from Jerusalem that day. He's talking about time and space. He's talking about thousands of years down the road. This will still work. This will still be the plan. This will still be what gets people. But, but when he said that, uh, it's for all of you and, and them seeing these Galileans filled with it and then people that were believing, now there's over 3,000 people being baptized and being filled with the Holy Ghost. They're seeing all this happening, and they realize it's for us. And if we want it and expect to receive it, that's it. You've got to believe that God wants you to have it and that you can have it, that it's for you. No matter how, how unworthy you feel, that's not about it. Do you believe in him? Jesus said, if any man thirsts, let him come unto me. Yeah, and, and they that believe on me, he said, out of their bellies would flow rivers of living water. They can, if they're thirsty, let them come to me. He said, and this, he was talking about the Holy Ghost, but it wasn't given yet because he wasn't glorified. But he was letting them know there's something coming that you're going to have, and it will quench your thirst. Not just the natural thirst, but your thirst for things of the world, things that, the thirst for things uh, that would pull you away. That's why our opening scripture said, don't be filled with wine where is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Anybody, the scripture doesn't call them alcoholics, it calls them drunkards. You don't see somebody who is, has a drinking problem ever turn a drink down. They're trying to find out how to get the next drink. And if they're somewhere drinking, they just keep drinking until they can't drink no more. But what if we were like that about the Spirit? What if we were like, whoo, man, I have tasted and seen that the Lord is good. And uh, so I'd rather be filled with the Spirit of God. I, I, I'm gonna, uh, I, I want more of that. I don't want one time little, uh, some goosebumps, my hair standing up on my arms and a little tingling or something like that. But I want to be filled. I want all I can get because I promise you, hey, you know, an alcoholic's dream would be accidentally locked in a liquor store overnight. They'd be like, I'm good. I got everything I need right here. They might be dead in the morning, but they would think they were living it up until that happened. 
But when we come together in his presence, we know I'm right where I need to be and I can have all that I want and I can be filled again. You know, after they were filled with the Holy Ghost, they were in a prayer meeting and said after they prayed, the place was shaken and they were all filled again because they, we're going to keep getting this every time we come together. We're not going to have a, a service without the power of the Spirit being there. Got to have it. The body without the spirit is dead. That's what scripture says. So God gave us the spirit so we wouldn't be dead. A dead body can't do nothing. You know, Adam, God creates Adam. He's perfect in every way except he ain't moving. He ain't talking, he ain't thinking, he ain't breathing, he ain't doing nothing. He's everything there that he needs to be a perfect living image of God. God created man in his own image is there but he can't do anything until God breathed into him and he became a living soul. And now he can do the things that he needs to do because the spirit that entered into him, God gives the spirit. And, and so God was showing us right there that even if you have all the parts, but you don't have the spirit, you can't accomplish what I need for you to accomplish. That's why Jesus looked at his disciples and he said he breathed on them and said, receive ye the Holy Ghost. He was letting them know, he said, it's as important as the body, as the spirit that's in your body uh, right now and you keeping you alive, that this body that's going to go forth and be witnesses in uh, Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria and to the othermost parts of the earth, they got to have my spirit or you'll just be a witness unto yourself. It's the spirit that bears witness that we are the children of God. Praise the Lord. Man, I, I'm glad, I'm thankful for the gift of the Holy Ghost. Uh, and I'm thankful that it still happens today, that people still receive the gift of the Holy Ghost today. Praise God. And this, this I mean, we saw it in, in Acts chapter 8. We talked about it last week as Philip was in Samaria. They had had great revival. They were believing. They were already baptized but it said the Spirit had not fallen on them yet, so uh, they come to the apostles come down, lay hands on them, they receive the Holy Ghost. Uh, Acts 10, Peter's preaching in the house of Cornelius, and while he's preaching Jesus to them, they believe in the message, and they're all filled with the Holy Ghost, speaking in tongues. He commands them to be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And in Acts chapter 19, Paul finds disciples, and have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Because a lot of people will say, well, absolutely. Well, but they said, we hadn't heard if there'd be a Holy Ghost. Well, how are you baptized? Baptized by John. That's great. Step of faith. You should have done that. But uh, John said, you need to believe on the one that's coming after me. He's mightier than I. And he's going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. That was a mission of Jesus that he had. And so when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And he laid his hands on them and they all received the Holy Ghost and spake with other tongues and glorified God. Friend, I'm telling you, I'm glad for the power of the Spirit. Oh, I'm glad. To, I'm, I'm here today because of that Holy Ghost that lives inside of me. Because it'll keep you. Uh, it, it'll, it'll, like I say, it leads you. It'll, it'll help you. The Bible says you, you can't even, you know, sometimes we can, turn over a new leaf, and we can do better. But the Scripture says if we want to mortify the deeds of the flesh, it's through the Spirit. Yeah, we need uh, the Spirit so that we will. He said if you walk in the Spirit, you won't fulfill 
the lust of the flesh. There's things that your flesh will, oh, yeah, guess what? After you get the Holy Ghost, you'll still fight temptation. It, it, temptation don't go away. But if you walk in the Spirit, you'll walk away from the flesh. When you walk in the Spirit, you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. You can have the Holy Ghost and give in to the lust of the flesh, but if you're walking in the Spirit, there's no way to fulfill it. Because if you're walking in the Spirit, it's leading you away from anything that's unlike God. Hello. That's the truth. That's why we need the Holy Ghost. It's for whosoever will. They were all filled, it said, in that upper room. That 120, all were filled. Not just his closest disciples, not just Peter and John, James, not, not just his mother and his, some of his family that was there. It wasn't about who was closest to him on earth. It, all of them. I'm sure there were 120 of them in there probably uh, maybe he never even spoke to or interacted with personally. They just heard him speak, but they believed and they were following. But he said, this is for whosoever will. Anyone that has faith to obey uh, and believe and watch and wait for the promise, and they received it that day. It wasn't about 120 there and 98 got it. It was all filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Oh, I got about 10 minutes. That's good. And so while Peter's preaching, uh, he, he, he's telling them, let's just read from Acts 22 uh, through 20. Let's go to Acts 22 through 24. He starts preaching to Israel. You men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, the man approved of God among you by miracles, wonders, signs, which God did by him in the midst of you. As ye yourselves also know him, being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God, you taken and by wicked hands you have crucified and slain, whom God has raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be holding of it. In verse 36, uh, this is where Peter kind of drove it home. He said, it, so now the house of Israel that he's talking to, he said, let all the house of Israel know assuredly God has made that same Jesus whom you have crucified, both Lord and Christ. And that's what got them. They, now there's a response. And in verse 37, they ask. When they heard this, they were pricked in their heart. And they said unto Peter and the rest of the apostles, the people that they were mocking, now they're like, what, hey, what shall we do? I know we didn't believe what was going on. I know we, we didn't understand it. I know we were laughing at you, calling you a bunch of drunks and all kind of things. But, but now that they've heard this Old Testament prophecy preached to them under the anointing of the Holy Ghost and, and they're, they're hearing these things that Peter and these men are testifying of and, and they realize, they remember what they did just uh, 50 days ago and they're like, oh my, uh, this is bad. Men and brethren, what shall we do? And that's where Peter in verse 38 said, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ or the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. I'm sure when they asked, what shall we do, they, maybe they started thinking, you know, are we going to have to get lambs and bulls and goats, and are we going to have to, you know, do we need some doves? Do we need some grain? Do we need to show ourselves to the priest? Do we need to shave our head? Have we got to wash and wait outside the camp for so many days uh, till we're clean? Because you know, there were a lot of cleansing uh, offerings and rituals and things in the law of Moses. But the writer of Hebrews let us know that, uh, that the blood of bulls and the blood of goats, it will not take sin away. It's impossible. It can't do it. 
Jesus fulfilled all these things in his death, burial, and, and resurrection. And now all they needed to do was repent of their sins. Go to the water and be baptized or buried with him in baptism uh, in his name. And then they receive the gift. You shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And the promise is unto you and to me and anybody else. You, you're not going to see anybody in this world, no matter how ridiculous they are acting, that is not a candidate for receiving the Holy Ghost. And there are some characters in this world today. You can believe it. Just go downtown for a little while. You're going to see them. Just, just go to anywhere. Anywhere. You're going to see them. You know, in your schools, on your campus, at your job, in the grocery store, at Walmart, by the light, at the red light beside you sometimes. I mean, you're going to see some characters in this world. And you think, wow, what are they doing? And, but, but I would love that if we could just get our mindset where we went, wow, what if they would believe the gospel? And what if God filled them with the Holy Ghost? Because, man, I wish I had a, that picture on that computer of me from days gone by and could pull it up there and you'd be like, wow, what a character. You, you'd see me with that, that black makeup under my eyes and that big old lightning bolt earring and, and Motley Crue headband and stuff all over me, man, and just spikes and leather and spikes all around my neck and arms and all over the place and be like, what? That's that man preaching today? Oh, it is. But God knew. You know, I, you know probably in most other arenas, I would be voted. I would have been voted least likely to succeed. But the Lord looked and said, "You know what? Let me show you what I'll do." Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. And let me tell you, when the spirit of God moved into this vessel, man, let me tell you, it was, it was already clean. It was, it was pointed in the right direction. I'd been buried in his name. The blood had been applied. But, buddy, when he filled me with the Holy Ghost, I knew right then and there it was sealed. I was his. I belonged to him, and I wasn't going nowhere. And, friend, I don't care uh, what color their hair is. I don't care what they've got pierced. I don't care uh, what they look like or what they say. If they can believe him and they can believe that he's the Savior, that he died for their sins and rose from the dead, friend, let me tell you, if they can go down in that water, whoosh, washed, washed away all the sins of their life, washed away, and, and friend, he can fill them with the Holy Ghost. Mm. I heard... I, I heard someone, it may have been Brother Arnold, years back preaching, but he said, it was either him or Brother Mangan, it recalls the times one year, but they, they said, somewhere in a back alley or under a bridge or in a gutter or on a bar stool, there sits a man that'll preach circles around you and me. He just needs the Lord. He needs to realize that he's a vessel for the Lord. And so that's why it's so important that we tell people because you never know when you're going to tell that person that's going to be that person that's going to reach hundreds or thousands 
Yeah, you never know when you're going to be the, the one that reaches that individual, that, 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 that gift is locked up inside of them, and it's just waiting uh, for uh, the, the power of the Holy Ghost to come and get them. And the thing is, is we all have that ability once we receive it. Again, he didn't give us the spirit to stand still. He said, if you live or if you're alive by the spirit, then walk in the spirit. Go somewhere with this thing. Get somewhere. Cover some distance. Cover some ground. Go to places. You know, you can walk places that you can't drive. You know, walking is the first mode of transportation. Adam didn't wake up and say, look at that Mustang. Because I know that had to be in the Garden of Eden. But, but he said, but, you know, walking, that's how they got places. Before they realized they could ride on horses or camels or whatever else they was riding on in them days. Ostriches, I don't know what they rode. But before they ever decided on some other, but you, know, you could drive your car a long way, but you can get to a certain point that you can't go no farther but you could get out and walk. You could walk it. And God said, I'm telling you, you can walk in the spirit to places you can't get with anything else. With any other mode of transportation you're trying, it can only take you so far, but walking in the spirit will take you places. Hey, <laughs> Philip on his feet ran down a chariot and then the spirit, whew, the Spirit take you places, friend, that you, you can't get nowhere else. Uh, he didn't stay in the chair with that guy. He had to be somewhere else, so the Spirit took him there. And I'm telling you, walking in the Spirit will get you places that you never, honey, you can come on up to the music, uh, that you never dreamed about. But you and I, we simply need to make up our, our mind. I will receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Not maybe will I... It might, don't, don't ever, 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 ever utter the words, well, maybe it's not for me. Because that's contradictory to the word. For the promise is unto you, your children, all that far off. Whosoever will, let him come, take of the water of life freely. Uh, so it's for us. It's for every one of us. So you speak positive. You speak life. I will receive. Stand with me this morning. I will receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And it, there's no... Well, it's got to be camp meeting. It's got to be prayer meeting. It's got to be, man, it can be by your bed. It can be sitting in your car. It can be uh, anywhere. I, I, when I worked for ADT, used to go to people's houses and do them. And one day I was getting ready to leave, and this lady said, there's just something going on with you. There's something about you. And I said, well, I don't know. She said, I started talking to her about what the Lord had done in my life. She said, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. She said, will you pray for me before you go? I said, well, yeah, I said, I'll pray with you. I don't know if I'm going to get fired for this or what, but uh, yeah, I'll pray. So we just grabbed hands, standing in her kitchen. We started praying. Man, I started speaking in tongues. And all of a sudden, she started speaking in tongues. And I said, well, I don't know if she had the Holy Ghost before I got here, but, but she's got it now. Just right there in the kitchen praying and talking, talking about the Lord, how God had forgiven me and saved me and pulled me out of so much stuff. And, and right there in that kitchen, God said, and now I'll just back up everything he said. Boom. I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost is for us. Praise God. Aren't you thankful for it?